Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there, and welcome to the spirit world. I am Debbie Giorgiani with co-host and religious demonologist Adam Bly, and uh, this is your show to call in. Yes, we are live today talking about the sacred heart of Jesus. Adam, we always start with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I know, Adam, we're going to dive right into the Sacred Heart of Jesus, uh, given that this is the month of June dedicated to the Sacred Heart. We'll also be talking about the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the, and the Pure Chaste Heart of St. Joseph as well, because there is... There are a lot of enthronements happening around the world uh, this month um, for people, and that is wonderful, and, and daily consecrations as well. So, Adam, um, where shall we begin? Because I know you have a, a, a question you wanted to ask me uh, this morning. Yeah, we had talked, um, I think, a couple weeks ago about that movie that was coming out. Uh, it got a lot of press, that um, uh, kind of biographical movie, I guess, on Padre Pio that Shia LaBeouf was in. I think we had seen previews. I haven't seen it yet, but I think you you had uh, gone and seen it. I was mm -hmm. curious what you mm -hmm. thought. Yeah, it opened uh, yesterday, and it was in it limited release in Arizona, where I live. And um, Adam, you you had mentioned to me that you know it would be it would be wise for me to see it before I would comment on it, even though I um, had had um, read I have read all the reviews and watched the videos uh, for many months on this um, this movie, especially the international reviews. Was not impressed at all with anything that they had anybody had to say, even if they tried to rationalize why it was such a good film, even if you know even some. Uh, folks stepped up and said, well, you have to look at it from a different angle. Okay. So my husband and I went to go see the film last night. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin. I don't want to, I don't want to take the whole show. So let me just share this. I did post on Facebook uh, late last night. I had to, I rarely ever post on Facebook and to make it really simple, Adam, let me just read what I posted on Facebook. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said, we just saw the Padre Pio, Padre Pio movie. We are grateful to God that the actor had some kind of conversion. You were referring to Shia LaBeouf, um, Adam. But the film was the worst we have ever seen. Please don't let children view it. It is not a true portrayal of this great saint's life. We walked out with four others. Actually, it was disgusting. How we allowed this lousy film to garner so much attention is beyond me. Heaven help us. And to Padre Pio, I'm truly sorry they slapped your name on a political film. It was 15 minutes of Padre Pio and the rest about a political struggle. What was shared about Padre Pio was the Hollywood version. They used Padre Pio to make a lot of money. 
We are disappointed in everyone who made this film and promoted it. My husband and I are truly appalled at this vile film. Now we cannot get these horrible images out of our minds. The cinematography was awful. The storyline disjointed. God help us. The international reviews were spot on. Terrible film. Mm. There you go. Uh, can you uh, expand on why it would be bad for children to, to be brought to this film? When we got into the theater, that's a very good question. We got into the theater. Uh, Ma Marty and I kind of did a survey of how many were in there. There was about 60 folks. It was a, it sat 80 in the theater. It was a small theater, 60 folks. And out of the 60, there was about a dozen children, okay, small children. Some were really tiny. And I can see why. Families were coming together. You had a mom, a dad, you know, their teens, and, and then the little kids. Why? Because it's Padre Pio. Um, it was so graphic. Um, they, they used the, you know, serious cussing words. Um, and it was, it was so, you know, sexually explicit in, in, in various struggles that, that, um, Padre Pio encountered. It was horrible. Uh, there, there was the images you mm. cannot, it was typical Hollywood style, you know, and they took his 81 years and they took a snippet out of his 81 years and they blasted it on the big screen in such a vile way. I, I was, we, we walked out, Adam, after we saw this um, dad. This dad was amazing. He marched out of the movie theater and grabbed his six-year-old little girl. And they, they mar I mean, they made a scene. They marched out of the movie theater. And so we followed them out into the lobby. But then I ended up going back in. I, I said, I better see the end of the movie because um, that's when he receives the stigmata. And, um, and uh, you know, it, is, it, was, um, it was just, uh, I can't explain it. I, you, when, when I went back into the movie theater to see the ending, I turned around and I looked at everybody. They looked shell-shocked. Everybody looked stunned and shell-shocked. And it, it, it just wasn't good all the way around. And all I can say is um, this is not a good um, portrayal depiction of, of this beautiful, great saint. Um, yes, there, there were struggles. But Adam, as you've talked about many times, the struggles come to make people stronger. But we don't have to see these kinds of graphic details. This, is, this doesn't help, especially, you know, I'm a visual person and it gets stuck in my head and I can't, I, it's hard to remove that. So anyway, I know I'm going on and on, but I know I'm, I am getting a lot of comments um, on Facebook. People are asking me to, um, you know, share why it, it's, it's so problematic. I would not... This is me personally, folks. I wouldn't waste a penny on that film. Okay. Um, but Adam, we are live today, and our producer, Taylor, and Tim reminded me that I got to give the number 877 757 9424. I don't want to start off with a, you know, they always say they call it a Debbie Downer. I don't, I, I don't like that, Adam. Why? Because my name is Debbie. You know, it, it doesn't sit well with me. But um, I hope that didn't ruin your weekend that I shared that movie review. No, no, not at all. Um, it's important to share, especially when things are, are kind of distorted portrayal. It sounds like that's what it is. And yeah, people need to know, to know that, particularly if they're going to take kids. So I appreciate mm -hmm. it. I appreciate the, the review. 
Yeah, yeah, thank you. Now I got to go watch one of the documentaries on Padre Pio so I can clear out my mind and make it, Mm -hmm. you know, better that I can remember the 81 years of this extraordinary saint's life. But today we're talking about the sacred heart of Jesus. Adam's got a wonderful teaching prepared for us. Um, If you'd like to call in on topic about the sacred heart during the month of June, please call in right now. Tim is ready, willing, and able to answer your call. Um, Taylor um, is at the controls. He's doing a fine job. He's our producer, Taylor Van Est. And here is the number again, 877-757-9424. Okay, Deb. So let's learn a little bit about the, the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I know a lot of people know about it, but a lot of, a lot of people don't. We've often probably seen statues of Jesus pointing to his heart in church and his heart kind of being on fire and maybe there there's something there that maybe you see the crown of thorns there or it's wounded or it's bleeding and some people may have wondered you know what what is that statue or what is that image sometimes it's just an image of the heart so um first off this image this devotion is to celebrate and focus on god's boundless and passionate love for mankind and that's that's one of the ways the vatican had summed it up in a document so what what where did that come from and what does that mean so there were a lot of devotions to the wounds and the passion of jesus before this devotion came about that kind of led up to it but there was a french nun uh margaret mary alacoque who had two apparitions of jesus one in 1673 and one in 1675 and there were some follow-ups with the portuguese sister Mary of the Divine Heart later, and she was the one that went to Pope Leo XIII and asked him to consecrate the world to the Sacred Heart. Okay, so there's a lot that that Margaret Mary Alacoque was told, but let's focus on, on what she was told about this. So first off, the image that she saw was the bleeding heart of Jesus that's also on fire with passionate love. It's wounded by the lance wound, which is direct, you know, reminding us of the passion, and it's surrounded by the crown of thorns. And of course, this is a reference to the love that he had for us, that he endured the passion. Of course, he was being obedient to his father, uh, but that obedience and the whole action of the father and, and Christ in the passion was out of love for us. Now, what did he say that he wanted people to do that would lead to the promises that he made? So there's three things. First off, that we receive communion on the first Friday of the month. So those that are Catholic Christians that can receive communion, uh, in addition to your Sunday Mass and your your feast days, your days of obligation, we're going to receive it on the first Friday of the month. Second, a holy hour of adoration on Thursdays. Now for, for her, she specifically Thursday night was to meditate on the Passion starting uh that part of the story in the garden when he sweats blood um, thinking about and seeing what he's going to endure so for us it's a holy hour of adoration on thursdays whenever that's available because adoration sometimes can be hard to find and the third is to celebrate the feast day and the feast day is this month june 16th and we'll get back to the rest of the story after the break Another great saint, uh, saint you're referencing, um, that's my mom's middle name. It was my mom's middle name, so I know a lot about um, St. Margaret. But we'll be talking more on the other side of the break. Please call us. Uh, we're talking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus today, 877-757-9424. Please join us.
Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Dan Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. A while back, I had a nice little chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies, and they tried to justify their claim to be Christian by saying the early Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. Is this true? Well, of course not. Let me share a few examples. Take John 1.1, where John describes Jesus as the Word and writes the Word was God. Now, in order to get around this, the JWs translate the phrase as the Word was a God but this is based on a misunderstanding of Greek grammar. Consider also Colossians 2.9, where St. Paul writes, For in him, that is Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. In 1 Corinthians 8.6, Paul describes Jesus as the one through whom we exist. Isn't God the one ultimately responsible for the existence of things? So, contrary to what the JWs think, to be Christian, you must believe Jesus is God. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, Call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Well, we hope you call in or leave us a comment here on The Spirit World. You can call us 877-757-9424 and uh, make your comment or ask your question about the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Um, because it's the month of June. That's why we dedicated this entire broadcast, this entire episode to the Sacred Heart. Um, Adam, um, real quickly, I, I mentioned that my mom's middle name was Margaret. So we grew up uh, learning a lot about St. Margaret Mary Alico. And I'm, just, I'm so glad you you um, encouraged all of us, or you started with the devotion and, and the promises attached to the devotion. So would you pick up where you left off, please? Sure. So just to remind everybody, the three parts of the the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and these were given to Margaret Mary of Alacoque when, Margaret Mary Alacoque, when um, she received the visions. So the first one was communion on the first Friday of the month, then holy hour, a holy hour of adoration on Thursdays. And for her, it was specifically in the evening with meditating on his passion, though we can do it any time on Thursday, and then celebrating the feast day, which is always the Friday after Pentecost this year, that falls on June 16th, and that means go to Mass on June 16th. Now, 
whenever these type of devotions are given, there's always promises that come with them. God doesn't just say, do this additional spiritual exercises. He specifies the graces that we're going to receive when we do those. And and there's a number of them here, Deb, and this is, you know, beautiful. Uh, first off, graces from Jesus for the state in life that we're in. And that means like if we're lay people, if we're parents, if we're living a single life, uh, if we're living uh, a life where we're ordained that, you know, to the diaconate, to the priesthood, whatever the state of life that we're in, we're going to receive additional graces to live that well. Second one, and this is huge, peace in your family. Now, this doesn't mean that you're automatically going to have no difficulties in your family if you have this devotion. It means there's going to be an increase in peace in your family because there's always human free will. And, you know, we always have human issues, but we can see an increase there. Then consolation in times of trouble. So that kind of consolation uh, that we can receive you know, when things are difficult and feel out of control or we feel, you know, sad or despairing that things aren't going our way, sometimes we can snap out of that and realize, you know, hey, I'm alive. You know, I've received the grace to be alive here. Um, there are trials in life and to go through those well, focusing instead on on God and the fact that, you know, sometimes trials are allowed. Then refuge in life and at the time of our death. And so that's kind of, again, a consolation in a sense that we can turn to Jesus and feel a sense of comfort when we're struggling in life and then struggling as as our death approaches. Uh, A blessing of our undertakings, so our projects in life. And of course, these would be, of course, positive projects, uh, but that that they go well. And then mercy for our sins when it comes time for our judgment. And then a few promises about fervency, meaning, you know, enthusiastic and strong in our faith and living out our faith. And then here's here comes a big one, Deb, and that is blessing the places where this image is, you know, basically enthroned or displayed. Mm-hmm. And finally, and, and this one, you know, God willing, I, I suppose, would apply to what we're doing now. The people who propagate the devotion, their names will be written in, in his heart. Mm. Okay. Wow. So, you know, please, Lord, let that be the case. And yes. not greedy, but but that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then and then finally, there was uh, so an additional exercise we can do, and that's communion on the first Friday for nine months in a row, uh, repenting, going to confession, being in a state of grace. And Jesus promises we will not die in his displeasure. So that's Mm -hmm. a promise of mercy in our judgment if if we do that exercise. And of course, we want to die in a good state. So a few ways that we can can engage uh, this devotion. Number one, there's a scapular of the Sacred Heart that people can research and find and get one of those uh, with a blessing that goes along with that, that your Mm -hmm. priest can do. Mm -hmm. Secondly, there's a litany of the Sacred Heart. And I've seen this be really effective, you know, in my particular world, you know, I go to a lot of exorcisms. I'm a lay person, not a priest, but been in a lot of exorcisms. And I've seen the litany of the sacred heart have a tremendous impact on the demonic. Uh, it's it's an optional thing. It's not part of the fixed exorcism, right? But you can pause and say a rosary or, or use other devotions. So during this month in particular, some exorcists will pause and do that litany. Number three, we can enthrone the Sacred Heart. This is usually done with the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So typically you'll see a picture framed. Twin hearts. In, yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll see Jesus on one side and Mary on the other, mm-hmm. and their hearts are displayed with the particular imagery that's connected with them. And so there's, there's a few beautiful ways that we can 
kind of bring this devotion into our lives. Uh, we can do those exercises we talked about. We can get the scapular. We can have that image in our home, and we should have holy images in our home. You know, through as we move through our home and our day, we should encounter holy images and holy things that remind us of particular devotions, mm-hmm. um, if at all possible. So that's kind of the story on, on one of the most popular devotions in the church, uh, right. for good reason, because it's a devotion about the love of Christ expressed through his passion. Now it makes complete sense for me, Adam, because I grew up in New Jersey, and my mom had a a gigantic image, blessed image of the Sacred Heart prominently placed in the hallway when everyone who entered the home saw it immediately. Mm -hmm. So there was no way you could get past this image. I now uh, got the image after my mother passed. She she, um, dragged it from New Jersey to Arizona safely. It was beautifully wrapped. And then uh, she kept it all the years until she passed. And then I've got the image and it actually sits uh, about three feet from me in my home studio. So I see now why my mother wanted to spread that devotion and to also bless the home. Wow. Adam, that's huge. Um, I'm I'm a big believer in the twin hearts. We have mm-hmm. we to, yeah to the daily consecration to the twin hearts, and then to have your home uh, with the image of the twin hearts. And and now I I added um, after the consecration to Saint Joseph, Father Donald Calloway's book. Now I added, of course, Saint Joseph to to the hearts. So Adam, let's get to the phones if uh, if we can, and then um, I want to go back. Don't let me forget this, Adam. Um, uh, about asking you about prayers from the heart and how they are very effective. Um, I want you to touch upon that because you shared something in your about your exorcism ministry that you do on a weekly basis about this idea of you know how powerful prayers of the, uh, from the heart are. Okay, but let's is it okay with you? We'll move to the phones. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Great. And we do have um, a line open for you if you'd like to call in with a question or comment. 877-757-9424. We are getting some um, messages saying, well, how can we just make a comment uh, real easily? Uh, Like us on Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast. Like us there. We're trying to grow the family, the Spirit World family there. Or you can always email us, tsw at grn online.com. And yes, you can um, retrieve these podcasts at grnonline.com slash spirit world. Okay. So I answered everybody's question. Now we'll go to the phones and David is first up from Cleveland, Ohio, listening on our friends at AM 1260, The Rock. Hello, David. Hello. Um, I'm, I was calling to find out if uh, I, <clears throat> excuse me, if I need to pray more to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, um, what what uh, usually what happens is when I when I go make my uh, sacrament of reconciliation, and I and I do the um, uh, the uh, penance and the uh, contrition act of contrition. Uh, usually days days after I've made my uh, sacrament of reconciliation, I'll I'll still be tempted with uh, uh, the the mortal sins, um, uh, especially um, when it's the, the the commandment of using the Lord's name in vain. Uh, I usually hear uh, like uh, mean 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 words or sometimes profanity, and 
I was just wondering if that if that's uh, Satan because he doesn't he doesn't like me. He wants me back in his presence, whether instead of okay. being in the presence of Jesus, and that's and that's all. Okay, David. So there's a number of things in in what you're saying there. So first off, it's great that you're going to confession. Um, you know, the the issue of sin and, and going to confession and then still being tempted is something we all deal with. Uh, temptation is, is part of life and God allows it because through that struggle we get stronger spiritually and we have greater and greater insights in the journey of our life. So we can't expect to be free of temptation. That's that's going to happen. Now, you know, you, you asked specifically, should I pray more to the Sacred Heart? I would say, you know, sure. Um, do all of the devotions that are connected with it, communion on first Friday if you can, if, if your schedule allows it, the holy hour, hour on Thursday if that's possible, and then, you know, go cel- celebrate the feast day, and that will bring additional graces. Um, you could print off the litany of the Sacred Heart and use that. Okay, so, and then let's drill down a little bit on the temptation issue. So first off, if you're if you're hearing voices or words, there's there's something we all deal with as human beings that we don't talk about all the time, and that is we do have kind of intrusive negative thoughts that we never act on, we don't really entertain them, we don't say them out loud. Everybody has, you know, mean things that come into their mind as they're driving and somebody's bothering, you know, somebody's driving bothers you or or et cetera, et cetera. You want to separate those from something that's like really feels like it's not you and it seems like a voice that isn't yours. And if that's the case, David, and and this is more for everybody listening that, that has the same thing going on. I'm not saying this is the case for you, David, but you want to check in with your doctor and make sure that's not a little bit of mental illness where you're hearing a voice uh, that's coming from mental illness because the temptation from the devil generally does not come as words we can hear in our mind. It comes as an inclination to sin. When when you're talking about literally hearing the devil speaking, if that were to be the case, that's what we would call an extraordinary action that's more oppression as opposed to temptation. So I would say two things, David, for people, for you and for people out there. One, check in with your doctor. Make sure it's not part of a mental illness. You know, talk with your doctor about if you have mental illness background in your family, that type of thing. And then, you know, it's very, very rare. But if after you ruled that out, talk with your priest about it and make sure it's not a, you know, kind of spiritual affliction that you're going through. And then you'd work with your local priest in your diocese on that. Does that sound okay? Yes. Okay. Right. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you, David. God bless yeah. you. Have have a beautiful weekend. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Okay. All right. So, Adam, we're going to hit the uh, pause button in just a minute and uh, take another quick break, and then we'll go to uh, Clarice and Kathy and the others. So hang on. You guys, don't go anywhere. We do have um, room for you. If uh, David just freed up the line right there. So if you want to dial in, please do so right now. Don't wait any longer. This is your show, The Spirit World, 877-757-9424. We're talking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus today um, because it's the month of June dedicated to the Sacred Heart. And if you go on Facebook, you will see that there's Sacred Heart images everywhere. Everybody's picking that up and, and spreading it, which is wonderful. So please join in. And how about some daily consecrations to the the uh, triple hearts, right? Let's, let's go big with God because he goes big with us. We'll be right back.
have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helped them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue, you're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. If you're looking for a gift to give your spouse that's not fattening or expensive, listen in. This is one of the most precious things you have, but you can give it to them every day. Do you know what it is? Your time. Do you have time every day where you and your spouse check in and connect together? If you don't, start brainstorming right now about when you can fit it in. Maybe when you both arrive home, you can take a few minutes to step in private just to ask how our day was. Maybe it's getting a few minutes earlier in the morning to make coffee together. It doesn't need to be long, but it does need to happen every day. If you and your spouse are ships passing in the night during a busy season of life, take at least five minutes alone to hug, talk, check in and connect. A successful marriage is made up of little things like this. Commit to having a daily connection with your spouse. It may turn out to be the most important gift you've ever given. To find out more about connecting with your spouse, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. We want to thank our show team, uh, Taylor Van Est, our producer. He is such, he's great at the controls, Adam. He's so fabulous. I mean, he's like, it's amazing to watch him in action. So he's a great producer. Tim Mott is answering calls today, and he's supervising everything, and he is fabulous, keeps everything running smoothly. So thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Tim. Um, and Adam, I just have to say this. Virtually, we are attending uh, virtually the Gabriel Awards this week, um, where they'll be announcing the winners, um, and we made it to the finals. The Spirit oh. World did. So uh, wow. Praise be to God on that. So that's exciting. And, um, and we get to attend virtually. Boy, these virtual celebrations, it's not the same thing. You kind of want to be there, you know, and shaking hands and, you know, but hey, we'll take virtual. Okay. Um, so let's go back to the phones. Um, Clarice is up next in Texas on Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, Clarice. Welcome to the spirit world. Yes. Hello. I, I would like to... <clears throat> Just share a few things that I've been seeing and preparing to share with you over the week since I heard the topic would be the Sacred Heart. And it's a beautiful ceremony, the enthronement ceremony. And I just wonder if 
you would want to know something about that. It's called, if, if anyone would like to actually follow and complete the beautiful ceremony called Enthronement of the Sacred Heart, there is a website, Enthronement of the Sacred Heart, in your home. And, of course, you, you make an appointment with the priest to come. Everyone dresses appropriately for that day. Uh, our table is prepared with a white tablecloth, flowers, the image of a sacred heart, and, of course, our Blessed Mother. And then, of course, uh, the ceremony begins beautifully. The priest, they all gather. The priest blesses the image. He places the image, the father, the priest, or the father of the family, places the image in the place of honor. Then they pray the, you pray the Apostles' Creed. The priest says a few words, all kneel, we, all the family kneels, and prays an act of consecration. And following that, an Our Father, a Hail Mary, a prayer of thanksgiving, a Hail Holy Queen, a, a, a list of invocations and aspirations, the final blessing, and then what's really also beautiful as part of this ceremony is to have not only the priest, but the family as well sign a certificate of enthronement, which is placed in a frame next to the image of the Sacred Heart and Our Blessed Mother. And these uh, particular... Uh, oh, this particular... Uh, Certificate of Enthronement can be ordered from Angelus Press. It's 8 by 11. There's also St. Joseph's Press, and they also do sell a beautiful certificate of enrollment. And so they'll, and I think it's a beautiful type of event that would really unify the family and make a, a great impression on the family members. And I also happen to look on the web, and I found a beautiful movie called Mystical Revelation of the Sacred Heart, and it's fabulous. It's actually an actor who portrays Jesus and Mary Ma Margaret, Margaret so, Mary, excuse me. It's yep. a beautiful movie. Yep. And then I okay. also have a beautiful book that you can order from Ignatius, Aquinas Press. And it's about 94 pages long, but it has everything that regards enthronement and everything so, with so our sacred heart. Go ahead. Okay, okay. So, yeah, it's wonderful that you shared that sincerely because, uh, you know, I consider that kind of a movement of the Holy Spirit that you were moved to prepare that and, and share those details because that gives people a sense of what that enthronement is mm -hmm. like. Do you have any specific questions, Clarice, before I make a few comments? No, not actually. Okay. I just know that when one, if anyone is actually has the wonderful opportunity to go to France, close to Paris, there's Paris Le Monial, mm -hmm. where you can visit the tomb of Saint Margaret Mary, and mm -hmm. it's a fabulous place to visit. That's about it. I had no questions okay. in particular. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Clarice. So, Deb, uh, just a couple things I wanted to to kind of expand on there. One of the things that we're doing when we do these enthronements mm -hmm. is if you think of what does what's an enthronement, right? That's putting somebody in a, in a place of authority, if we think of enthroning a king or a queen. Right. When we're doing an enthronement in the home, we're really giving the home over to mm -hmm. Jesus and Mary. We're making it their property. And, and 
um, in the world of the spiritual, authority is a big deal. We see this a lot in the work that I'm involved in. And the act of the will of the people that own the home to give the home to Jesus and Mary is a powerful thing. You're really giving the home to them. It's their home at that point. Now, of course, you could still sell your home in a secular sense. You still own it, of course, but spiritually you're giving it to them. The second thing that I think for a lot of people it helps them is by keeping that image visible, there's a sense of accountability and a sense of responsibility to Jesus and Mary because of the promises that are made during the enthronement about our behavior while we're in the home. Mm -hmm. So it not only is that part of that uh, enthronement, but by giving it to them, it reminds us in the back of our mind, oh, I shouldn't act this way here because this is Jesus's house, right? That's right. Right. Oh, yeah. And let me, I just wanted to say to Clarice, thank you so much for going into detail of how we can, um, you know, gift over our homes, right? And start to behave properly in our homes, because our homes should be, you know, a, a safe place, a, a peaceful place, a, a, you know, to ha- for us to come to come and, and, and live in without tension. Okay, I grew up with a lot of tension, Adam, in our home, and that's not good. It, it really isn't. So I loved how Clarice went through the very um, specific and solemn prayer service that took place right in the home. And that is important um, because, you know, that, that you're taking it seriously. It's not just like you're, you're, you say a couple prayers and, oh, everything's great. This was a really a dedication. And I loved that. So um, way, way to go, Clarice. That was, that was definitely a very, very good call. We needed to hear that today. Okay, so um, let's go to Kathy. And, and this, here's something I want to tell you, Adam. There are certain cities that I love to say, and Kathy lives in one of those cities. I love saying Walla Walla, Washington. I just love saying it. It just rolls off the tongue. And Kathy lives in Walla Walla, Washington, and she's listening on Holy Spirit Sanctifier Radio. Hello, Kathy. Good morning. Good morning. I'm happy to tell you that I've done the, we have done the enthronement in our home, and I have two lovely pictures of the Sacred Heart. One's a, quite an old one that I found at a yard sale, and the other one is a more modern version, but one in my bedroom and one in my living room. But I also wanted Beautiful. to let you know that um, we, for a couple, three years now, we have always done the Litany of the Sacred Heart after Mass on First Fridays. And that's a very easy thing to do if anyone wants to start that in their parish, just make some copies and have them available for for people as they come in at Mass. And then as soon as Mass is over, begin the Litany. So it's been quite a beautiful thing in, in our parish. Mm-hmm. And, um, Debbie, the other thing that I wanted to comment on was today is... Um, not only this, do we need the Sacred Heart today, but it's also the Feast of the Ugandan Martyrs who were martyred for not uh, participating in homosexual acts. Today in our town of Walla Walla is a Pride Parade. And after the Pride Parade, there's a celebration of youth with tarot cards and all the things of Satan. And so I, I'm requesting that you would ask your audience to please pray that this parade somehow would be unsuccessful today, that there would be, I'm sure it's going to take place, but that it would not be a successful uh, event in our town. Kathy, thank you for sharing with us. We, did, we didn't know that. Um, Adam, what would you suggest to the fine folks of Walla Walla, Washington? I mean, they are 
they're obvious this is obviously going on in their in their place in their city where they live um should they be going into you know maybe going to church and dedicating an hour in front of the blessed sacrament i mean how what would you recommend so that people have you know some peace in their heart about this yeah i mean whenever there's a celebration of anything that the church teaches that's sinful so specifically you know actual homosexual behavior the actual sexual acts are considered sinful it's not sinful to have that inclination that can be a cross that that god is asking us to bear but the actual acts are considered sinful so when there would be any type of parade celebrating anything like that like wicca for instance you know and witchcraft and black magic is sinful anything like that yeah deb um do what do what your heart tells you pray about it do what your heart tells you you could go spend time in church while that's going on um your priest may have adoration while that's going on they may not you can just pray in church and and talk with jesus but i i would say the most important thing is remember to do it uh out of love for the people uh that are that are doing these events do it out of love for them and for their conversion um to realize that the actual acts that they're celebrating and promoting are sinful and it's and it's not good for them spiritually and then of course that follow-up you mentioned about the tarot cards you know that Mm -hmm. i i don't really understand how those well i'm sure in somebody's mind those are connected but um certainly those are also sinful divination is forbidden so you know pray for people not in a sense of attacking and and in a sense cursing them and, and wanting the downfall of that certainly we don't want it going on because we don't want to celebrate sin mm-hmm. but the more important thing is pray for conversion for those pray people for out of love right. yeah right. out of love right. for them as opposed and, to wrath yeah and that can bring you great uh, peace and comfort knowing you're you're trying to do something good for other souls that are very you know they're they're very confused what what do you say kathy Dan, thank you for, for telling me to pray for their conversion. I, I had planned on praying the rosary during the march, so um, I will certainly pray for the conversion of all of the souls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much, Kathy. Have a, have a blessed you. weekend. Yes, thank you for calling in from Walla Walla, Washington. Don't you, You're going to love saying that city now, too, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you to say it so I can enjoy your saying it. That's you, right. That's right. It brings you joy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Kathy. God bless you. Okay, Kathy's going to free up that phone line and we can have you uh, jump in rather quickly. Uh, if you want to get in on this discussion about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, all you have to do is dial 877-757-9424. And Tim just alerted me. I'm so excited. Um, uh, we mentioned about growing the Facebook family and we already got uh, several likes on Facebook. You guys are really listening to us. That's awesome. Thank you so very much. So all you have to do is go to Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast and find us and you can get all the previous episodes there as well. Okay. And um, Adam, let me just go back to uh, something that uh, we have a question that just came in and I want to ask that question. Um, I want to uh, share that question with you, Adam, and then you have you respond. But I got to ask you a question. Don't let me forget. Actually, let's address it right now. Don't let, um, talk about prayers deeply from the heart and how, what you have seen with the results of this in the, in the exorcism ministry that you do. Yeah. I mean, you know, Deb, I hesitate to, to share this, but I, it might be edifying for somebody or helpful to them because, you know, I'm not a holy person at all. And I'm being sincere. It's not like, oh, I think that's false humility. Um, none of us are, are truly holy. Only, only Jesus, only God is, um, 
but I, you know, I had something happen a few weeks ago where that specific phrase came up. We were at the end of a session and, you know, we had been, uh, the priest had been working to try to get a particular spirit out of the person. This is a possessed person I'm talking about. And this spirit had really um, done a lot of damage to them in the previous week in between sessions and they had backslid a little bit and, and, you know, um, so we were really trying to, to hopefully free them of this so that that particular attack wouldn't happen again. And we got to the end of the time that we had, um, and we were wrapping up, and I just quietly, between me and Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm not doing an exorcism, this was just a private prayer, you know, I just kind of begged him, on, you know, basically, I don't remember the exact words, but I said, you know, Lord, th- this poor person is suffering so much please, would you free them of this particular spirit um, so that they're encouraged in their their faith in you, their trust in you, and their love for you, and that they can move closer to you? And it wasn't the words, I don't think, but in that moment, I was I just had the grace to, to really mean it so deeply. And I really, my heart was breaking for them. And I knew he could do it. I knew he was right there. And it was interesting in the next moment, the demon, you know, I don't remember the exact words. The demon said it paused like it was listening. And then it said, fine, this is what's going to happen. Or it said, fine, this is what happened. You know, I fought you all for the last hour. I won. Uh, I'm going to destroy this person. But then you prayed from the heart and he told me I'm leaving. So now I'm going. Mm-hmm. And it just came out of the person and has never been back. Um, mm-hmm. Now, again, it's not about holiness, but I think there's moments where our prayers are so sincere. And I imagine, like, for instance, a parent that's praying for a sick child mm-hmm. in the hospital mm-hmm. would, you know, you'd have that kind of heartbreaking prayer that is so sincere. And it's not just, you know, begging God, like, I'm in trouble, you know, fix it or give me what I want. But it, but it's such, I, I guess there's a sincerity there. And, and yeah, um, God responded to that. And, and it was interesting that the demons somehow were forced to acknowledge it, Mm -hmm. which he made them say that. I don't think they would say that on their own. Like that's the last kind of thing a demon wants to say is to encourage you in, in the sincerity of your prayer to Jesus. Right. Um, so they were forced to, in my opinion, and it was just an encouragement to me. I've heard the phrase praying from the heart more from the Orthodox world. Mm -hmm. And so there it's a very subtle thing that would take a lot to unpack, but they talk about getting to the point where your prayer is from the heart, where this, in a sense, I think the soul is praying mm-hmm. directly. It's not tongues, but there's there's a prayer that's truly from the soul, and and it brings a kind of union with God for a few moments, or or in an instant that that's happening, that mm-hmm. that they long for, and that's you know what a lot of their prayer life is about in the Orthodox monastic world. There's a lot more to it, of course. This is just part of it. So just the idea of the heart, I think the reason I'm bringing this up um, is that the heart is symbolic of sincerity and love. And so when we pray out of sincerity and love for somebody, I think it touches Jesus in a way. It's not that I said 10 rosaries, you know, and I just said these prayers over and over enough that he finally relented and gave me what I wanted. This was one sentence. But I think um, his heart in the sacred heart is an image that speaks to us about his boundless love that he went through the passion for each of us individually. He was thinking of each of us individually. And that love was so sincere. Um, 
you know, that that's, that's what he went through that and carried him through that experience. And so this idea of the heart, I'm just encouraging people that, that Jesus's love for you is that sincere, heartbreaking love. He doesn't want to see you damned. He doesn't want to lose you. He wants you to come back to himself. And it's with his whole being that he is, he is yearning for that. Adam, thank you so much for sharing with all of us, because uh, as you were speaking and sharing um, your experience of prayers from the heart and this heart-to-heart connection, um, I could feel the Holy Spirit. So I just know that there, there is someone or many people right now that, that, that heard your, your story and your experience, and it is going to forever change them the way they enter into prayer. So thank you, Adam. Thank you mm. for um, sharing with us and having the, the courage to share with us. Because, you know, these are, Adam works in this ministry on a weekly basis. And, you know, we're, we're kind of tapping into what he has learned and, and what he goes through so that we can learn and grow. And so he's willing to share with us. And that's, that's important. Um, Adam, let me, um, let me present this question to you. It, this just came in. It feels like uh, cultural sins are motivated by a spiritual entity. Can things like the pride movement be attributed to a singular demonic being? Um, well, we know that temptation, you know, comes from the world, from the devil, and from the flesh. Um, a specific entity, probably not. And I only say that because I have, and, and I kind of don't want to get into it. There's there's little time left here, but I, you know, I've had. Uh, Things go on in exorcisms related to this, and it wasn't one specific spirit that was claiming uh, to motivate or be involved or encourage, you know, uh, this this type of event or activity. It was multiple. So, you know, basically, Deb, I would say, I'm not saying the devil's under every rock and behind everything. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that there's a spiritual layer to things. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about cultural phenomenon, you're talking about layers of just humanity and human thought and politics um, and that type of thing. And then there's going to be a layer of the cake that's spiritual. And sometimes that layer is, is more of the cake and it's less in other instances. So for different people, it, it plays out differently. But yes, um, both God, the Holy Spirit, you know, all the, all the aspects of heaven have a role and also the enemy uh, tempts us to sin. So we know that the devil wants us to sin. He wants us in mortal sin to separate us from God. So in that sense, yes, he's involved. Okay. Thank you. Rita is up next in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, listening on Holy Family Radio. Hello, Rita. Welcome to the spirit world. Well, thank you very much. Go right ahead. Um, Yes, I'm calling uh, this afternoon uh, to share a consecration of the family to the Sacred Heart. It was, it was a picture that I found in my mother's uh, belongings when I was cleaning her, out her house, and it's the plenary indulgence um, by Francis Cardinal Spellman in June 1952, and it's framed. And I, I've had it up in my house ever since, and I was born in 1952, which really was remarkable. And I think this consecration is beautiful. I. I just feel that um, when people look at this picture, they see how Jesus looks to them. They don't just see the picture of his face. It just Because I had a friend who came, she was non-Catholic, and she came and stayed with us, and I had the picture, and she said, you know, she said, that picture is how I see him. 
and it is the Sacred Heart. It's a beautiful picture, um, and I just had to share that because it's a since it's the consecration for the family. Uh, it just is so meaningful because when we have issues in our families, and we all do, when you pray this prayer of consecration, it makes you feel um, released. It just makes you feel free, mm-hmm. and that God and Jesus taking care of you. Okay, thank so you, Rita. I just thought I'd call in and share. <laughs> yep, yep, I appreciate it. So just a couple things to be clear for everybody. Um, indulgences, plenary indulgences, is a full release from the temporal component of sin in purgatory, but... Um, if it was an indulgence from 1952 from a particular cardinal, it's probably not still in force. The odds are it's not still in force. So let's not assume that um, the Sacred Heart Enthronement comes with a plenary indulgence that, that would have to you know, be coming from Rome most likely. The second thing that's interesting that you touch on there, Rita, is the beautiful theology of icons uh, and these holy images. And it's a very ancient kind of theology and approach to it, but essentially the theology of icons, and, and I think we could think of it this way with the image of the Sacred Heart, is that they're a window to the spiritual reality that they portray. And so it's not just an image of Jesus once it is properly blessed, but in a sense, in a sense, it's a window to the reality of Jesus and the Sacred Heart. I'm not saying it's going to move or speak to you or anything like that, but it's a window to that reality. And so it's touching your heart, Rita, in a way more than just an image would because of that beautiful theology behind it. And I agree with Thank you for letting me share. Absolutely. Sure. Thank, Thank you, you, Rita. Have a have a beautiful weekend. God bless you. Call us again. Okay, so folks, that that this is going to do it for this wonderful broadcast uh, on the Sacred Heart of Jesus on the Spirit World today. Um, you can always leave your comments, questions, and um, you can email us tsw at grnonline.com. If you missed any portion of this broadcast, just pick it back up um, on the podcast section of grnonline.com slash Spirit World. You'll get all the previous podcasts. Or if you want to like us on Facebook, you'll get all the previous episodes there as well at the Spirit World podcast. Wow, Adam, what a great um, edition of the Spirit World. I just want to give a highlight for next week, Adam. Next week, we're going to be discussing um, how a lot of people have been commenting that their spouses are, are couch potatoes and could they be possessed? So we're going to talk about different degrees of demonic activity, and that's going to be um, next Saturday on the Spirit World. So pretty, any final quick words, Adam? No, I just think this was a blessing today, Deb. I, I feel blessed to be part of the show and this particular show. I hope, I hope people um, are blessed also. Yep, absolutely. Praise be to God. Okay, so with that, folks, um, for Adam Bly, I'm Debbie Giorgiani, wishing you a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.